Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Are you blessed? Oh, it's just amazing, the blessings of God, how they just bombard you daily. All such wonderful things, you know, big, small, and everything in between. His blessings just overtaking us every single day. Hallelujah. God is just uh, amazing. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about a subject that um, we need to be always reminded of, and that's healing. You know, uh, with so much stuff going on right now, it's a good time to go back to healing. And the Word, you know, is always ta- ta- telling us that uh, we have times that we just need to be taught again. Paul said that. He said, you know, that you need to be, you need to be taught again. We need to keep on learning. You know, it's, you go back to the sports analogy, and you know that any winning team always keeps the fundamentals up front. And healing is fundamental. It is a fundamental principle of the gospel. And, uh, and so we just need to go back and look at it again. Brother Hagan once said, he said, your mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. Now, some of you don't have much hair, so I guess yours can stay combed. <laughs> Isn't that right now, Doug? <laughs> There's nothing to comb. <laughs> Joby, where's Joby? I could, just, I could bother Joby. Steve, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing to comb there. But anyway, uh, we, we need to keep ourselves built up because faith comes by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and by hearing. You know, and Paul also taught, or in Isaiah, it says that we build precept upon precept and precept upon precept. So there's so much that we have to go back and, and never take for granted that we got this down pat without keeping yourself built up on a continual basis in these things. And so we're going to be talking about, uh, about healing light because, you know, it's, it's part of the benefits of serving God. Go with me to Psalm 103. You know, you can probably quote it without reading it, but we're going to read it just the same. Hallelujah. Just get this before your eyes, you know, constantly. And it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, that, that's a great scripture for any time we come together. You know, anytime we come into his presence, you know, I have said this so many times on Sunday mornings, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, this soulish man, this physical man, this mind, this body, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all, and now, spirit, all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I just want to keep going. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, there's a few of us in here that, you know, they're pretty, we're pretty young already. You're still young, but there will come a day when your youth needs to be renewed like the eagles. Some of us have been there already. 
you know, but I'm telling you what, God has got good benefits in store for us from the day we're conceived until the day we get to glory. There are benefits galore, benefits coming at us every single direction. Hallelujah. And healing is one of those benefits. Now, I know there's many times and many places, many churches you can go to, many believers you'll talk to who'll say that, well, you know, it's not always, you know, healing's not always, it's not always for you. Well, let me ask you something. Is salvation for you? Well, then healing is for you. Because, here we go, go with me to Romans 1. Romans, first chapter. Hallelujah. And verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Listen, that word salvation is another couple places that will be found. It has a sevenfold meaning. And it means, I have it written down here. No, that's not where it's written down. But it's written down right here that that word salvation right there in the Greek, it means deliverance, preservation, safety, healing, and soundness. He's covered all the bases. When he, when he brought you salvation, which, which almost everybody would, would say is being able to go to heaven, knowing Jesus, going to heaven, that's salvation. Well, it includes so much more. You know, and that's what full gospel churches are all about. We want to preach the full gospel, not just the gospel of salvation as in, as in getting born again, but the gospel of salvation where it comes to healing, when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to wholeness, when it comes to soundness, when it comes to preservation. That's the full gospel. And if, and if you believe it's God's will for you to be born again, you have to believe it's God's will to heal you. Because it's been provided for you. He wouldn't provide something for you that he didn't intend for you to use. I've told this story many times about my dad. My dad was the, was the craziest person sometimes. I just couldn't understand him. You would buy him a present and he would open it and he would look at it and go, mm-hmm. And then he'd put it back in the box and it would sit there sometimes for as much as a year before he got it out. And I remember one year I gave him a hot lather machine because he was still uh, shaving with a razor. And that thing sat in that box till the warranty ran out. And one day he got it out and he loved that thing. He went for a solid year without enjoying the benefits of what he had been given. How many people are going to get to heaven and realize they never enjoyed the benefit of something that already belonged to them? Seriously, they could have been healed while they were here. Heaven's a great and wonderful place, but God wants you to enjoy your life while you're here. And you can enjoy it a lot better healed than sick. It's a benefit that belongs to you. Use it for goodness sake. So we need to participate in those benefits. Participate in healing. And how do you do that? Well, number one, you get into the word. You begin to speak what the word says that you have. Declare what it says. State what's in your heart. You know, it's, you can have a head knowledge about what's in this book right here. 
and it all just be just mind thing, but not be really a heart thing. You have to get in the word and feed on it so much so that it's so deeply ingrained in you that nothing and no one can persuade you of anything else. Paul made a statement one time about, I, was, I am fully persuaded. And that's what we need to be about the things of God, and especially when it comes to healing. We need to be fully persuaded about healing, that it's our covenant right that God himself declares you to be healed. You know, and it's, it's interesting to me that, that honestly healing is already a part of you. When you stop to think about it, when God made these bodies, he actually put the healing power inside of us already. You cut your finger and you just wait a day. You watch that thing close right up. Has nothing to do with medicine, has everything to do with how your body has been programmed by God. Actually, I don't honestly think that medicine cures any sickness or any disease. They help the body do what the body is supposed to do. You ever thought about that? Somebody goes in and they have surgery. You know, and and there's a big old incision. Well, they can stitch it back together. They can't make those cells join back together. Only God. Only God. And so your body's naturally programmed already to heal itself. Because it was originally designed not to die. You know, if you go back to the Old Testament and you start in Genesis and you begin to go through all the genealogy and stuff, you will see that man lived a long, 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 long time. And as, and as sin worked its way into every successive generation, lifespans began to get shorter and shorter and shorter. That's not what God intended. He intended for us to walk in healing and health. You know, he intended, you know, I suspect that his plan was, you know, you think that there was never going to be a time when Adam wasn't going to cut his finger on something? You know, I mean, he didn't have paper cuts, but I mean, I'm sure there's something else he could have been doing that could have, but God intended it, his body to immediately heal itself. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we walked there, but we're not going to walk like that. But he's provided healing for us in so many ways. Norval Hayes made a statement one time. He said that most people live with lazy faith. We're content to live with lazy faith. Well, it, you know, sometimes it's just easier just to go grab, you know, the aspirin than it is to believe God. It's called lazy faith. It's just easier to go to the doctor than to just believe God. I mean, I'm, I've got a Pentecostal background, you know, from, you know, early days of Pentecostal. And back then, I mean, we, both of our families have got stories, you know, about, about miraculous healings. Listen, medicine wasn't that great in the early 1900s. You know, and there were times when you didn't have, they didn't have money. They didn't have access to medicine. They didn't have access to anything. They had to believe God. How wonderful it is that medicine has come such a long way. I, you know, I don't believe medicine is the, is, the, is the devil's idea. I believe it was God's plan, you know, to help man, you know, and, and to provide help to us when symptoms are overwhelming. You know, but, um, 
back then, they actually, they actually believed God. You know, it was like, it was do or die. You know, you hear stories of missionaries out in the mission field. They have no access to anything. They're going to believe God and miraculous things happen. Do you think that is just relegated to those kind of people? No. It is set aside to the people who will believe. Now, don't get me wrong in what I'm telling you talking about. I am not telling you not to go to a doctor because I believe God has instituted, you know, medicine. And there are times when I have benefited greatly from medical help. You know, but ultimately, his first and foremost plan is for us to get into the Word and use his medicine and apply it to our bodies. Um, So we're going to be talking about... um, some things, and, and out of Matthew, go with me to Matthew, the 8th chapter, and there's some things in this, this chapter we're going to see pertaining to healing that I want you to uh, really get right down on the inside of you. So let's start in verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See that you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you may come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I have say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. Verse 16, And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. There are several things you can learn in this passage. Um, Number one, we find this in verse two, the willingness of God to heal. When uh, Jesus had this leper come to him, the leper knowing that he wasn't even supposed to be there. He was supposed to be at a distance. He was supposed to be crying unclean. He was supposed to be segregated from everyone else. But he came to Jesus. I'm thinking he had to have had some knowledge of the reputation that Jesus was establishing for him to come to him and get this close to him. And he said, Lord, 
he recognized who he was. Jesus is the healer. He recognized, he said, Lord, if you will. One, one translation says, if you want to, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand. That's how close he was. Jesus was willing to touch someone who should have been saying unclean, unclean, and not allowing themselves to be touched according to the law. And yet Jesus put out his hand, put his hand on him, and touched him. And he said, I will. We just look at that little phrase, I will, and it can pass right over our heads as to what really that all encompasses. Really what he was saying, of course I want to. Of course I will. Yes. Yes. The leper was saying, if you want to, you can make me clean. And he's going, of course I want to. Yes. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Listen, we have to know that God is willing to heal you. So many times we fail to receive healing because we let some nagging thought get in our head that somehow God's not willing to heal us this time. That this situation, he's not willing to heal. You ever been there? You know, where you, you, you were... You, you know, you may not have been exactly where you ought to be spiritually and, and you, you need some, a healing touch, but yet you, in the back of your mind, your mind is telling you, no, no, you don't dare ask. You're unclean. You've got this in your life. You've got this that you've, you've done. You've messed up here. You've done this. And that nagging thought. Listen, the devil put a nagging thought in Eve's mind, and look where that got us. Those nagging thoughts will keep you sick. You cannot afford to let those kind of thoughts come into your head and stay there. You have to know that no matter what, healing, God wants to heal you. It doesn't matter what you've done. I, I, I uh, had a little fit of temper decades ago, and I can't say that I haven't had a few since. <laughs> But but decades ago, and I hauled off and kicked something, and I broke my toe. And so I come to church the next time hobbling around, and somebody says, we're just going to believe God for your healing. I went, no, I deserve everything I got. God doesn't want you to have that attitude. He doesn't want you to think you deserve anything that looks like death. And that's what sickness is. It looks like death. Sickness, somebody once said, is is death on the installment plan. You can't put up with that. You can't let the enemy tell you in any form or fashion that God's not willing to heal you. It doesn't matter what you've done or not done. He still is willing to heal you. Thank God for his mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Hebrews says to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy. You know, there are times when I've had to call out in mercy. Lord, I, you know, I am sorry. I've messed up and, I, and my body has got this issue and I need your help. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. You know, he's always willing to heal you. John, go over with me to the book of John, John 4. Hallelujah. John 4, verse 34. Now, you understand that Jesus went about 
preach, teaching, preaching, and healing. And this is what he, Jesus said in verse 34. He says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And then go with me to John 6, verse 38. Oh, that's not it. No, yep, yeah, I'm in the wrong chapter. Um, 6, 38. Jesus said, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. God has not changed his mind about any of it. And God himself has not changed. You know, we know that over in Hebrews, it says Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was the healer while he walked on this earth, he's still the healer today. God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what, what social economic status you are. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter. You are one of his creations, and he is more than willing to heal you. Nothing offends him about your condition Nothing will put him off about your condition. The leper didn't put Jesus off. If there was anything that looked like, ah, you know, I can't touch that, it would have been somebody with leprosy. I'm so glad that they chose to use that example in this passage because because it, it just reeks of what the world thinks. Ooh, you know, back off, back up, don't get close, don't get near. And yet Jesus showed how willing he and the Father were to minister to this man by reaching out and touching him. There is nothing ugly about you. There's nothing too ugly as far as sickness is concerned that God in his mercy and his compassion will not reach out and touch you. Hallelujah. Now, that's, that's the first one. Number two is authority. Jesus had the authority. When you go down here in this next segment where the, where the centurion had come, in, come to him and asked him to, to heal his servant, Jesus says, I'll come. And yet the centurion made such a wonderful statement. He said, he said I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And Jesus said, I've not seen so great a faith, not even in Israel. Listen, Jesus has the power and the authority to heal. If you'll go with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter, and verse 20, you're right there at it. It says, it was talking about Jesus. He said, and he taught them as one having authority. He had authority. Mark 1, verse 22. Mark 1, verse 22. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Then we go over to Mark one twenty seven, 
And it says they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commands he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. Listen, over Luke, Luke 4, verse 18. It says, he was in the, in the synagogue and he said, he, he read this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus, this, this passage is here in Matthew chapter 8. They show us that he not only was willing, but he had the authority to do it. Authority to do it. He was equipped to do it. Hallelujah. Number three, this passage you see in verse three where where his compassion just showed through. He had such compassion, you know, for for the leper that he was willing to touch him. If you looked over at uh, verse 14, it's talked about Peter's mother. It says, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. He saw it. It says he touched her hand, the fever left her. She arose and ministered. He saw what he saw moved him. His compassion moved him. Listen, the compassion of the Lord is always there for us. Always there. You know, just like you as a parent, if you have children, you know what your compassion toward your children is like when they don't feel well or there's something wrong with them. Your compassion, your heart goes out to them. You want to do anything you possibly can to help them and to make it right. And that's what Jesus was doing. His compassion moved him to these people. And number four, and from this passage, we see the capacity he has to heal. It says in verse 16, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were oppressed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all who were sick. His power, his authority, and his compassion didn't have a number limit on it. Oh, well, I can only do a hundred today. No, that's not what he said. He healed all, all, all. Now, just in the light of that, I want you to go with me to Matthew 12, verse 15. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, talking about the, well, it starts off in verse 14, talking about the Pharisees, how they were count, uh, conspiring against him. But in verse 15, it says, When Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great, look at this, great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. He healed them all. Now, we're not talking about a crowd of a couple of hundred people. Multitudes is usually thousands. Great multitudes, that's plural, followed him, and he healed them all. Amazing. Go with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 40. Now when the sun was setting, 
all they, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Mm. Can you imagine? He laid his hands on every one of them. Whoa, what a healing service that was. Hallelujah. Now go with me to Luke 6, verse 17. Hallelujah. And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and a company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue or power out of him, and he healed them all. These are examples of what Jesus did in his earthly ministry. These should tell us, these verses should tell us, he is still the same today, still willing to heal all. You know, when, when you go back and you read some of these and you talk about the multitude, great multitudes, don't you think there were some kind of gnarly people in those crowds? Don't you think there were some people who were just there for a show but kind of got in on it? Don't you think there were people in there who were big sinners? Don't you think there were people there who had something wrong with them, just like you have something wrong with them? Same kind of diseases. He never questioned one of them. We have no record, no indication that he stopped and said, uh, no, no, mm -mm, no, not you. No, no, you're, you're, you're no, mm -mm." I remember seeing Oral Roberts, you know, years ago on TV when, uh, when his broadcasts, you know, came on, and we had a black and white TV, and and uh, you know, when there's things, nobody can this this group over here can't imagine that. But you know, I would see him him going by. These people would come up to be healed, and what, wasn't it Oral Roberts who would stop and he'd say, "Is that cigarettes you got in your pocket? Get rid of them." And then he prayed for him. Listen, I don't have any indication that Jesus required anything of anybody. He didn't say, once you go get yourself straight and cleaned up, come back and I'll heal you. They came. He was moved with compassion. He healed them all. If he healed them all then, don't you think he wants to heal them all today? Are you part of the all? I'm part of the all. He wants you to be healed. Now, there are other verses you know, that implies that he healed them all. Uh, Matthew 4, 23 through 25. Matthew 14, 34 through 36. Matthew 9, verse 35. Matthew 15, 30 through 31. Matthew 9, verse 2. Matthew 21, verses 12 through 14. Luke 5, 15. Luke 9, 11. Listen, nobody was ever turned away. People, you, you say, well, now, Pastor Angel, there's people in the Bible who didn't get healed. Well, there's a lot of reasons why there's people in the Bible that didn't get healed. Some didn't put any faith out there. He found himself in, pla- in places. It, when he went to his own, ha- own hometown, it said he could heal, didn't heal, but, he, but just a few sick, sick folks. And that really kind of indicates minor ailments. Why? Because they didn't respect him. They didn't honor the gift that was in him. 
If people don't honor the gift that God presents to them, they don't have to take it. He's not going to force it on anybody. If you don't want to, be, to believe that God heals today, then you, you can choose to believe that God doesn't heal today. But I'm here to tell you that if you read much of this, you have to come away with an understanding that God does heal that it is his will to heal. I have to go back to salvation. Do you believe that it's God's will to heal? I mean, God's will to save people. Well, you know, the scripture we always go to is John three sixteen. For God sent, not his son, well, I'm John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you believe he came to do that, then you have to know that he included healing with it at the same time. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He took it in his own body. You know, Jesus, when he was being tortured, you know, by the Roman soldiers, he took 39 stripes upon his back. 39. Why is that significant? Well, they say that that every disease known to man can be divided up into 39 categories. He took a stripe for every one of those categories. He made sure he covered everything. He suffered such a price to give you such a gift. Not only did it come with salvation, knowing that we're going to heaven, knowing that we're going to spend eternity with him, but he gave us what we needed to live victoriously here in this life for our bodies to be a reflection of what he suffered in his body. You know, for us to deny the power of God or to doubt the power of God to heal us is to say that it wasn't good enough. That, it, that he, what he did wasn't enough. When we come back to it, it really all boils down to our ability to hook up with what God's already said. That's where the power is. You know, you can, you can have all kinds of power over there in that electrical outlet and you can have you know, something that you need to plug in. Until you plug it into the outlet, the power doesn't flow. That's what your faith is for. The woman with the issue of blood, she touched the hem of his garment and power flowed. She plugged in. We have to get to a place where we plug in to the power of God when it comes to healing our bodies and not be satisfied to just go, well, it's not a big deal. It's, it's a small thing. You know, I, I, can, I can handle it. He handled it for you already. One of those stripes covered what you're dealing with. It wasn't just major things that those stripes covered. It was all the small things in, in between, from the breaking of the toe from my you know, little temper tantrum, you know, to, to a, a slight headache, to a runny nose, to cancer, and anything else. He bore those stripes willingly. He bore those stripes gladly because he knew what a blessing it was going to be to you. And for us to do anything less but thank him for healing power that flows toward us all the time 
is to minimize what he's done for us. You know, I, I, it, it saddens me to, to, to have people, especially church people, who say, well, you know, it's not always God's will to heal. You need to be ready to say, oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. You don't need a fleece to decide whether it is or not is not God's will to heal. The word clearly says it's God's will to heal. That's all you need. That is it. Well, if God wants me better, you know, he'll show me this. He'll show me. No. He's already shown you. Are you looking? He's already shown you it's his will to heal. Don't let the enemy try to convince you of something that's a lie. Don't let him convince you that not this time, not you. This is too big. This is, this is too far gone. It, I suspect that would be something that saddens the heart of God to know that his children are living less than what they have and, and, and enjoying less than what they have. Know what belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. And if, you know, if we were as diligent to take the word as we are to take our prescriptions, guess what? We might see some results. How about that? Yeah. Prescriptions are wonderful. They help with symptoms. But shouldn't we be just as willing to spend time in the word, take God's version of medicine right here, as we are to take the things that you go fill at the pharmacy. We're so good about that. Yeah, but it's not God's will. Then why are you going to the doctor? If it's not God's will to heal you, why are you going to the doctor? Why are you trying to get, get healed by medicine if it's not God's will to heal you? You can't have it both ways, folks. Somebody said, well, asked me not too long ago, well, why do you think people have that kind of an idea? I said, because of experience. Their experience tells them it's not always God's will to heal because so-and-so was a wonderful Christian lady, a wonderful Christian man. They believed God and they didn't get healed. So it must not have been God's will to heal. So you're telling me that that man or that woman was so holy that God's more at fault than they are. And I hate to put it that way. It's not fault. It's lack of understanding. It's, it's a lack of being able to connect. Their faith level wasn't there. That's not being mean. It's not being hard-hearted to say that. I will be the first to tell you that there have been times in my life where I was not at a place to believe God for total healing. Not at a place. In 19, I mean, I've told this story, but it, it bears repeating. In 1986, I had this, this big old lump in, in my thyroid up here and, uh, and didn't really know what was going on. And wouldn't you know, here I've got this big old lump here. And wouldn't you know my mom and I would have our, were having a conversation and she was telling me about somebody that she knew that, 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 we, that I knew as well that had a big old lump and it turned out to be thyroid cancer. Well, what do you think the devil's telling you by now? 
jumping on the bandwagon here. See, that's where it is. That's what you've got. You know, and so, you know, I finally went to, went to the doctor and, and uh, got it checked out. And, and we did a couple of things, you know, tested it, put a needle biopsy in there, kind of tested it out. And, you know, it, it seemed to be, you know, nothing major, you know. But the enemy just stayed on my shoulder, just stayed on my shoulder. And pastor would come home and he'd say, he said, bless God, we're going to speak to that mountain. That mountain's going to be removed. We're going to speak to that thing, that growth, whatever it is. And, and it's got to go. And I'd go, uh-huh, yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. And one Saturday, because his, his, his office was at the church back in those days instead of at home, right, so we went to the, he went down there on Saturdays to, to get ready for Sunday. And one Saturday, he came home and he said, uh, been talking to the Lord, and uh, Holy Ghost tells me, tells me that, that you're not believing for that thing to be gone. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, no, it's not where I'm at. He said, well, he said, the Lord told me to tell you to go ahead and have surgery and it'll all be fine, and you'll live to a ripe old age. Well, I'm ripe, and I'm gotten older. So. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I could believe? I could believe that the surgery would go well, that they would get anything that needed to be gotten out, and, 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 and we'd be done with it. That's what I could believe. That's where I could hook my faith up. And sometimes people are trying to believe outside of what their measure of faith is. But I'm telling you, I don't care who you know. I don't care what the experience is. I don't care if they did die. It is always God's will to heal. They may have gone home too soon. That is not God's best. But it's always God's will to heal. That is one thing you need to get completely and totally, once and for all, settled in your heart and in your mind. That if there's a problem and I'm not connecting somewhere, it's on my end. It is not on God's end. God is, it's, in fact, is, I think Zach read this tonight in Romans 3 verse 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. How can you say, God let me down? God let you down? The creator of heaven and earth, of the universe, the one who said, let there be light, and there was light, who created this earth, who created every living creature, who keeps the worlds in motion just by his word. He upholds the worlds by his word. That God, you're telling me, let you down? Are you serious? I don't think so. The thing about it is, understand that God has never let anybody down. If there's a disconnect, it's on my end. And thank God, I can do something about my end. If it really was on God's end, who am I to change God? How much pleading, how much begging, how much praying? You know, people get to a place where they're praying, but it's desperation. It's not praying. It's just desperate. How many times have people got to that point and just, well, I guess God just didn't want to. I guess God decided it was better for this to happen or that to happen. No, no, a thousand times no. It is never God's will that you not be healed. I don't care what experience you know of. I don't care what person you know of. It is never God's will not to heal you. His compassion and his mercy and his grace and the price his son paid 
all tell you that it is his will to heal you. So I'm going to stop there for tonight. There's some other things we want to talk about. Um, um, but we'll just get, to, we'll get that, that next week. We'll talk some more next week about reasons why people don't get healed. Uh, I have something here. Now, I only made five copies, but if you want one of them and the, after the five are gone, you, you let me know. Uh, I, I looked at this today and I thought, man, I could read every last one of these, but man, it would take me so long. There's 101 things that God said about healing and about God's will to heal. It's uh, on four pages. I made some copies front and back, so you only got two there. But things like in Exodus 15, 26, I'm the Lord that heals you. Um, Exodus 23, I will take sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days I will fulfill. You know, there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, God knows our days, you know, that he, know, he numbers our days. And, you know, but I know some other verses that say, with long life, I will satisfy you. If I'm not satisfied at 40, I ain't going home. If I'm not satisfied at 50, I'm not going home. If I'm not satisfied at 60, he doesn't want me to come home. If I'm not satisfied at 70, he doesn't want me to come home. If I'm not satisfied at 80, he doesn't want me to come home. Pastor Bruce went home to heaven two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago. He was done. He said, I'm ready to go. He was satisfied. I'm I'm done. When you get satisfied, then you can go. But until you're satisfied, it's not God's will for you to come home. Um, Deuteronomy 23 and Nehemiah, but I turned the curse into a blessing unto you because I loved you. Isn't that wonderful? Um, Psalm 41, 2, I will preserve you and keep you alive. Psalm 43, I am the health of your countenance and your God. Psalm 91, no plague shall come near your dwelling. Psalm 91 again, I will satisfy you with long life. Psalm 103, I heal all your diseases. Psalm 103, I sent my word and healed you. These are just Old Testament stuff. In the New Testament, uh, Matthew, I took your infirmities. I bore your sicknesses. If you're, uh, Matthew 9, verses 12, if you're sick and you need a physician, I am the Lord your physician. Matthew 14, I am moved with compassion toward the sick and I heal them. He's, he's phrased this so that it becomes very personal. Um, Matthew 14, as many as touch me are made perfectly whole. Matthew 15, 26, healing is the children's bread. Matthew not, Mark 9, that is, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Uh, Mark 16, when hands are laid on you, you shall recover. Luke, my anointing heals the brokenhearted, delivers the captive, recovers the sight of the blind, sets at liberty those that are bruised. Uh, I mean, you go on, go on in, in here and just all kinds of, there's 101 of these. John 6, I am the bread of life. I give you life. John, you can go to John 10, 10. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. How often have I scratched my head and said, why don't they know where the sickness comes from? Why do people even have this 
this concept anywhere that possibly God put this on you to teach you something. He's got something easier to use to teach you with. It's called the Word. But the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anyway, so I, there's 101 of these. So if you want some, I've got, like I say, I've got five copies of this. And we'll go on next week and uh, talk a little bit more about healing. It just, it just seemed right to me that right now we need to get ourselves reestablished, firmed up, steady, and grounded in healing. I am no, my, by no means the teacher that my husband is, but we can still talk about healing, and hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll just pump you up, you know, so that, you, so that you're determined to be healed, to maintain your healing once you have it. Amen. So anyway, if you want these, I have these up here. Hallelujah. Good night. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.